0: When I was younger, I I went to church. I grew up in a faithful Christian home. Our church was a Presbyterian church, very different than this. My mom was a church organist. My father was a choir director. I sang in the choir. But I realized that I lived a Jesus and life. And I'll tell you what Jesus and versus Jesus only is. But I lived a Jesus and life. I went to school, I was one way in school. When I was at home, I was another way at home. When I went to church, I was the good Christian kid at church. I went to church every Sunday, went to youth group. But I lived a Jesus and life. I I basically added Jesus when I was in trouble. Jesus, please help me. (laughs) Jesus and. When I messed up bad enough and I was feeling incredible amounts of guilt, I'd say, Jesus, please forgive me to calm my guilt. But Jesus wasn't really in my friend group. Jesus wasn't really in my life. I just added Jesus to my life when I needed Jesus. And the problem with just adding Jesus, doing the Jesus and like I did in my life is I found that I found myself in places of bondage or places that I shouldn't have been that created bondage in my life. Jesus and was not the way to live. In My early 20s, I had to realize that it wasn't a Jesus and it was a Jesus only. And I, when I started to learn how to live a Jesus only life, I realized that I could experience new levels of freedom. So today we're going to be talking about how to live a Jesus only life and not a Jesus and life. If you have your Bibles, turn with me to Exodus chapter 12. We're going to be in there, Exodus chapter 12. You can find that on, the, on our Grace Capital Church app. The Bible app is there. If you have your physical Bible, turn there or just do a search, Google search on Hebrews chapter 12. Oh, Hebrews. <laughs> Exodus chapter 12, it's on your screen. There you go. Thank you so much. I was just checking to make sure you guys were paying attention. You obviously were. You made me so happy right there. So have you heard of the Passover? It's celebrated by the Jews still today, the Passover. But where'd it come from? Here in Exodus, not Hebrews, Exodus chapter 12, we begin where the Passover instituted. I'm gonna start reading the first part of this. The Lord said to Moses and Aaron in the land of Egypt, "'This month shall be for you the beginning of months. "'It shall be the first month of the year for you. "'Tell all the congregation of Israel.'" that on the 10th day of this month, every man shall take a lamb according to their father's house, a lamb for a household. And if the household is too small for a lamb, then he and his nearest neighbor shall take according to the number of persons, according to what each can eat, and you shall make your count for the lamb. Your lamb shall be without blemish, a male, a year old, You shall take it from the sheep or from the goats, and you shall keep it until the 14th day of this month, and the whole assembly of the congregation of Israel shall kill their lamb at twilight. Then they shall take some of the blood and put it on the doorposts of the lintel of their house in which they eat it. They shall eat the flesh that at night, roasted on a fire with unleavened bread and bitter herbs, they shall eat it. Do not eat any of, the, any of it raw or boiled in water or roast, but roasted. Its head with its legs and the inner parts, and everybody just say, ew. <laughs> and you shall let none of it remain until the morning. Anything that remains until the morning, you shall burn. In this manner, you shall eat it with your belt fastened, your sandals on your feet, and your staff in your hand, And you shall eat it in haste. It is the Lord's Passover. For I will pass through the land of Egypt that night, and I will strike the firstborn in the land of Egypt, both man and beast. And on all the gods of Egypt, I will execute judgments. I am the Lord. The blood shall be a sign for you on the houses where you are. And when I see the blood, I will pass over you and no plague will befall or destroy you when I strike the land of Egypt. I don't know why I want to say it. Thus is the reading of the Lord. Amen. Amen. So the idea of Passover is that this is the final plague. First five plagues, Pharaoh... um, Hardens his heart and says, no, you're not going. Says, yes, you can go. Then hardens his heart, no, I'm going. Then the last five plagues, the final plague, the last plague is is a plague of killing all the firstborn. The the angel of death would go over that area and all the firstborn would die. Except for those who have put blood, the blood of the lamb over their doorpost. I love this because God is very purposeful in everything he does. It was very much foreshadowing what Jesus has done for us. We know that Jesus is known as uh, the Lamb of God. And the blood of the Lamb was used for the remission of sins, in other words, covered our sin. And so even though we deserve death because of Jesus Christ, we receive life. And here, because the, the plague that was gonna go over Egypt the Israeli families were saved because of the blood of the lamb that they put over their doorpost and the angel would pass over their house. So when people say, hey, we're celebrating Passover, it's very meaningful because they're celebrating that the angel passed over um, that house and that they consecrated themselves. They, They set themselves apart by being obedient to what Moses had told them as instructed by God. Now, I I wanna understand how the the Jesus and and the Jesus only falls into this. And, And I begin to start, there's a couple parts on this stages to freedom that I want you to understand. And if you're gonna take notes, you're gonna see this first part on your screen. Freedom will ask you to obey. Freedom will ask you to obey. I think sometimes we, we come to this place of saying, um, you know, we've given our life to Jesus, and this is a Jesus um, and scenario. I've given my life to Jesus, but I, then I can live any way that I want. The, the problem is, 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 it's not just the decision to, follow, to, to make a decision for Jesus. It's he asks us to obey him. obeying what he commands, obeying. See, that's discipleship. He's not looking for decision makers. He's looking for disciples. He's looking for disciple makers. You know, if we're just making the decision, the the thing is, it's not a prayer that saves somebody. It's an acknowledgement. If you, you know, confess with your mouth, believe in your heart, you're saved. But it's Learning to live in the kingdom of God, which is really learning to follow in obedience to what he has asked of us. And and the obedience part of it is not like learning to obey, like just for the sake of be following rules. It's obeying what he says because it leads to freedom. A lot of young people are like, ah, everybody's sleeping around, everybody's drinking, everybody's doing this, everybody's doing that. That's okay, that's fine. But the reason why God says that, that sex is, is to be in the confines of marriage was because he understands what the enemy will do to kill, steal, and destroy when you live in a way that's outside of God's purpose and design. And so when you have to learn to obey everything he commands, there's a couple things. So freedom will ask you to obey. And, and this is the interesting thing. In 1 Samuel 15, it says, To obey is better than sacrifice to listen better than the fat of rams. So in other words, you know, the sacrificial system in the Old Testament was like you'd bring an animal, you'd sacrifice it, and, and realize it was, it was to be symbolic of God giving people a way out to say, we know that you've sinned. We know that you have fallen short and that has created separation between God and it has broken a relationship, but I've found a way to, to bring that relationship back together through a sacrifice. But God is saying, obedience is actually better than sacrifice. Because if you obey, then you don't have to worry about as much of the sacrifice part of it, right? It's like we're realizing that we don't have to walk under that, that guilt and shame. Like, because when it's Jesus and you're walking under a lot of guilt and shame because Jesus actually is not the Lord of your life. He's a part of your life. I, I wish I, I was thinking about getting an easel, but I want to paint a picture a, a little bit for you. And so I'm going to have to do my best of charades of some sort here. Here we go. So with the Jesus and picture yourself in the middle of a bubble. We're, We're creating a bubble and there's gonna be spokes off the bubble and I'm gonna, every time I go like over here, 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 that's another bubble, we get it? I'm the middle of the bubble. We've got spokes coming off me. So the Jesus and life, I'm in the middle of the story. I'm in the middle of the bubble. Here we go, the bubble. But then you got your, picture a couple people together, your relationships, top of the bubble. I'm still here, there's my relationships, and then we go over here, the bubble, a spoke coming off of here, and here's my job, okay? Me and my job, and over here, I've got me and my calendar, so picture a bunch of calendar squares, okay? I've got me and my calendar, and then I've got me, and of course I'm a Christian, so i got me and Jesus down over here at the bottom of the bubble. But you realize that's a Jesus saying because you're living a lot of parts of your life that don't include Jesus, but you have one part that includes Jesus. And that's a Jesus and life. Now, I want you to imagine over here that, that the Jesus only is realizing that Jesus is in the center of the bubble, that you are no longer the center, that Jesus is the center. And then when you go up to your friend group up here, it's like Jesus and my friends. You go over here to your work, Jesus is a part of my work. And you realize over here, my calendar, Jesus is a part of my calendar. And you go down here and, and Jesus is part of my ministry, Jesus only, what you realize is that Jesus is a part of every part of your life, not just some parts of your life. He's, he's the Lord of your life, not just a part of your life. And sometimes when we, when we just go about um, sacrifice, it's like, I'm going to give up my Sunday. I'll sacrifice that. Maybe I'll actually just give up um, some offering. I'll give some money. By the way, I want to encourage you guys. You guys are a very generous church. And, and I want to let you know that we know the tithe, 10th of your income is what God has asked of us. Actually, New Testament is probably greater than that. Cause God always like gave you, we have more grace to do more, but, but I just want to let you know that you've realized that God has given you so much that you're giving a portion of it back to him. I want to thank you. If you haven't started your giving journey yet, I would encourage you. But I also know that's why we offer financial peace. Sometimes when you're don't have financial freedom, you feel like you can't be generous. We want to encourage you to, to join that, that, um, that journey of generosity. But anyways, you realize that, that when you're doing a Jesus and, you sacrifice these things along the way, but, but then you live all these other parts of your life apart from Jesus, but when we do that, when we live apart from Jesus in those areas, my job, my calendar, my friend group, we realize that actually those things are actually beginning to steal from us, and if it's not under the lordship of him, that we are not, we're not like Jesus only, like Jesus is only in my middle of my relationships, he's in my calendar, that we realize that bondage continues to happen, and if we're just sacrificing, I'm sacrificing a little bit of my time on Sunday, I'm sacrificing a little bit of my money, we realize that that we still live in bondage. But the, but the Israelites, for them to be escaping it, realized that they had to not only sacrifice a lamb, which was the end part of that story, but they first had to learn how to be obedient to the word that was spoken to them, saying, "You need to go sacrifice a lamb." And I think sometimes we just look at the sacrifice, we forget the obedience part. The obedience is learning everything that Jesus says and learning to submit our life under his lordship and obey the things he's commanded us. And that's where true freedom is found. So freedom will ask you to obey. Number two is freedom will ask you to repent. Repentance, we don't talk a lot about that, but repentance is really doing things differently. Doing things differently, changing your mind, changing your direction. the interesting thing that on the 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 children of israel the the process of leaving Egypt realized that they had to put on their belt, wear their sandals when they were going through the 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 Passover ceremony, when they're killing the lamb, putting the blood over their posts, he says unleavened bread, the whole idea of unleavened bread was really to say, you don't have time to wait for it to rise. You're gonna be making these flat cakes because you don't have time for it to rise. And I think sometimes when God is speaking to you, when God is speaking to you, like he's been speaking to us through this series of, of freedom, when God is speaking to you, he's looking for obedience. But obedience will lead to repentance, which means you've got to go a different direction. You've got to do it a different way. Here, it would be one thing to say, okay, God's going God's to gonna preserve us and, and you know, shame on the um, Egyptians and we get to live here. We're going to actually take over, we're going to take over this land, but no, God just said, you know, I'm, I'm actually bringing you someplace different. I'm bringing you out of Egypt into the land I have for you. And, and God might be speaking to some of you today and saying, okay, you've been doing the Jesus and thing, but it's time to do the Jesus only thing. And not only are you going to obey, but you're going to then do the very thing he's asked you to do. He gave a bunch of order here. Kill a lamb, put over your doorpost, make make unleavened bread, put on your belt, have your sandals, get ready to go. And then he's going to say, go. Repentance is going another direction. It wouldn't be repentance if they decided like, oh, God wants to set us free, but we'll just kind of like do partially thing and we'll just stay in our home. I think a lot of us have been staying in our homes too much. That is comfortable. I know our home's comfortable. We we we've made it our home. Some of you guys have made sin your home, and it's very comfortable. Some of you have made complacency your home, and it's very comfortable. But God is asking you to say it's it's time to do something different. I'm bringing you out of your comfort zone. I'm bringing you out of your home into a new place that I want to bring to you. But it's going to require obedience, and it's going to require repentance. And repentance is not a dirty word. It's just meaning saying, I'm going to do it differently. I got, to, I got to change some things. And a lot of times, you got to hear his voice. Remember, you have the Holy Spirit. So the Holy Spirit is whispering to you all the time. The Holy Spirit is speaking to you all the time. But the question is, are we obeying? And then the next question is, are we not only obeying, but we're moving in the direction that to be uncomfortable, we got to leave the things that our comfort zone, our homes, quote unquote homes, the places that we've made it a comfortable place to allow us to go into the new place that God has for us. So freedom will ask you not only to obey, freedom will ask you to repent. And lastly, freedom will place you on a journey. So this is the interesting thing. So he says, get your sandals on, get your staff ready, get your belt on, you're ready to go. And, and for, I, I get it, us New Englanders, and I say us New Englanders, because I am probably a, more of a New Englander than I've ever been in anything else in my life, so I identify. We like to be, as Pastor Richie says, all set. We like to kind of put our feet in the ground. We are not the ones who went out west. We're the ones who stayed. (laughs) Because we're all set. Don't tell me what to do. Live free or die. (laughs) And in many ways, I love the grit that we have, but we come at a disadvantage because God is saying, "But, but what if I'm calling you to a new place? What if I'm calling you to get uncomfortable? What if I'm calling you to to journey towards somewhere? In many ways, when you obey and you repent, and he's calling you out of something, he's calling you into something. It's going to mean that you're going to have to travel a path that you haven't traveled before. It's going to get uncomfortable. But it's the very thing that God uses to get us to where he wants us to go. And I'll tell you what, the place that he's taking you is a place of prosperity, a land of milk and honey, a good land, a place of greater freedom, a place where God wants to actually prosper you in in spirit, mind, and soul, When I decided to, to move from Jesus and to my life, in my early 20s, I began to uh, ask this question. I said, um, God, if you're real, need to you prove yourself to me. Because I knew Jesus, but I was living a Jesus and. I wasn't really living an obedient life. I was just kind of adding Jesus to my life. I, he wasn't Lord of my life. I, I did a lot of things that create a lot of bondage in my life. But I remember saying, I, if God is real, then I know that the way that I'm living, I want something different because the way I'm feeling and the way that I'm living is not quite working because I'm just living a Jesus and life. Carl, you can come up anytime. I love Carl's playing. Come on up here, Carl. Just help me like, bring this baby home. My early 20s, I, I asked that question, God, if you're real, um, prove yourself to me. It was in my living room that I really encountered God. But here's the thing, a God encounter wasn't what he was looking for for me. The God encounter was the, was the moment that God revealed himself to me. But then he started putting a lot of things in my place in saying, are, are you done with the Jesus and? you need to move to Jesus only. See, freedom is, is Jesus only and not Jesus and. That's the big idea for today if you haven't caught it already. Freedom is Jesus only, and not Jesus and. So, so I began to start saying, okay, what does Jesus only look like? That means Jesus got to be in my, at that time I was in my early 20s. I'm married to Audra. I was 22 when I got married, very young. And I know some of you got married at 16. I like, that's nothing, 22 But but I began to start saying, okay, what does a Jesus only look like? He was going to be in my marriage. Jesus was going to be in my job. I started saying, Jesus, what do you want for my life? My life is not my own. My life is yours. You've already purchased my life. So he brought me through this process of repentance. Repentance. You know, Matthew 4, 17 is, repent for the kingdom of God is at hand. And so I had to leave, start leaving my old life. I had to start making amends. I had to start going to find the place where I broke relationships and I've hurt people and started walking on obedience to what the spirit of God was empowering me to do. And what he was saying to me, what Jesus was saying is like, if you're going to leave a fully submitted life, you got to take care of some business. You can't just be doing Jesus and you got to be doing Jesus only. And so I started, you know, making amends and started pursuing them. And I, I ended up believing I was, went to school for business and, and I was in human resource management and, and human resource manager for a family's company, my family's company. And I left that to pursue what God was leading Otter and I to. We sold our house. We went down and lived in Central America for, um, for a while I'm not saying that God will like, call you to some foreign place. and I'm not saying that God will call you to sell things. I'm not saying that God will. Like, he's going to take you out of something and put you into something. He's going to place you on a journey. But that Jesus only means that I'm going to submit to that process and realizing it's going to get uncomfortable, but I'm going to walk in obedience to what he's saying to me. There's a couple things of obedience. There's, there's obedience to the word of God, which is you need to be in his word. I know some of you are like, I don't want to be in his word because that means I'm going to actually have to be obedient to it. <laughs> true. That is true. <laughs> and then there's obedience to the rhema or the active word of God. That's the spirit of God inside of you whispering things to you that gets confirmed by his word, that gets confirmed by other people. It's just like not, you're not just hearing the whisper in a vacuum, but he's whispering things to you and he's moving you to places of greater freedom. Can I encourage you, if you've never tried a Jesus only, that you've been living a Jesus and that just maybe, just maybe you're realizing that he's bringing you to some place that you've never been before and you, don't, you can't even imagine this great place he's doing, but, but you need to stop the Jesus and and go to Jesus only and say, Jesus, I, I repent. I repent. I, I want to act in obedience to what I already know that you want me to do. Your word is very, very clear on this. This is what you're asking me. And then Holy Spirit, I, I've actually been, maybe you've tuned out the Holy Spirit because the Holy Spirit might bring conviction. Holy Spirit might give some direction. But can I tell you that the Holy Spirit's never going to ask anything of you that is going to be for your detriment? It is always going to be for your good. You can trust him. He loves you. As we sang those songs today, He loves you more than you ever know. He has good plans in store for you. Plans to give you hope and a future. Trust Him. Would you move today from a Jesus and, if you're in a Jesus and, and move to a Jesus only? He's the Lord of your life. That you give Him permission to say, you know what? Instead of me just saying, here's a few dollars here and there to say, God, you've given me my job and my job is from you. All these resources that I have are yours. And you've only asked us to give a little portion of it back, but it's all yours, God. My job is yours, Jesus. I know you gave it to me. I submit my life to this job. And so maybe I'm to be a missionary in my workplace. Maybe I'm to be, you know, stewarding this in such a way that God, for your glory, For your glory. Maybe you haven't even considered that God wants to be a part of your work life. Maybe you haven't even considered that God wants to be in your school with you. God is with you. And He's not a Jesus and. He's not just, oh, we just go to church and it's Jesus and. It's Jesus only. Jesus wants to be part of your friend groups. Jesus wants to be in your calendar. Maybe as you're looking at your calendar, you're realizing, wait a second, I've I've organized my weeks and months, I haven't even checked in with Jesus. Maybe he's saying, like, you know your neighbor that has been struggling and, and you've just been so busy and maybe the Holy Spirit starts whispering, saying, I-, I want you to make time for your neighbor. See, that's Jesus only. Repentance means, like, I'm going to change the way I do my calendar. I'm going to actually include Jesus in my calendar prep. I'm going to include Jesus in that because it's Jesus only, not Jesus and. And Jesus, I'm going to submit when you, when your still small voice says something to me, I'm going to submit to it because I know that that it will bring us someplace wonderful. A little uncomfortable, but wonderful. Father, I just pray that you would help us to not live Jesus and, but to live Jesus only. That Jesus, you wanna be a part of every aspect of our life our friends, our workplace, our calendar, our money. We're going to change it from the, we, we being in the center of the bubble to Jesus, we're in the center of the bubble together. And I'm inviting you to be a part of all aspects of my life. Then, Father, I pray for courage because sometimes, Lord, we need that courage. I pray for courage to respond in obedience to what the Spirit of God is saying, to what the Word of God is saying, in obedience. And then, Lord, we would then fall on our knees in repentance and say, God, I'm willing to do it another way. It's uncomfortable. I'm willing to do another way. I'm going to change the direction I'm going to get uncomfortable I might have to leave the comfort of a of a little something I've built a life that I've built but Lord I'm not going to do anything till I hear your voice until I'm instructed by your word give us ears to hear heart to perceive courage to act Lord you're putting us on a journey a journey to freedom, and everybody said, amen. Thank you so much for watching us online. We're so glad that you joined us. We trust that Jesus has spoken to your heart and you've been challenged by his word. If you'd like to know more information about Grace Capital Church, please visit us at gccnh.com. We'll see you next time.